Hey everyone! Hi! Welcome to the Rev TC Views podcast. This is the program Reverend Tash's Talks. Thank you so much for joining me. If this is your first time, a very special welcome to you. I'm your host, Reverend Tashi Campbell. It is always my pleasure to remind you that a good God can do great things in your life. And I see my co-host Wayne is in the house. Hi, Wayne. Oh, hi, Rev. How are you? I am very well. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm great. Uh, I'm good. Uh, the weather has been a little cooler of late, and you know how I love the cool weather. Oh yes, I do. <laughs> it was actually very cold last night too on the outside. Oh, well, I wasn't outside, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> All right. So today, so our topic today is 2020, the year in review. And I am looking forward to this conversation because we know 2020 has been quite a year, quite a year so far. Yes, uh, 2020, in, in, in my life to date, 2020 has been the most eventful year. I don't think I'll ever forget 2020. Who would? I think only the babies <laughs> would not remember, but we we will remember for sure. So, you know, by way of introduction, we want to talk about the fact that 2020 is really history in the making. A lot of records were have been broken in this year already. And, yes. you know, the year is not yet over. So who knows? Maybe there are some others in the making. But the year itself has been an eventful one. And so we want to share with our listeners today some of the highlights of 2020. And we will mainly talk about Jamaica, but we will not stay in Jamaica. Mm -hmm. So we begin in January. And here in Jamaica, we had our first rumored COVID-19 case. So it was just a rumor at the time in January. Yeah. And so the Ministry of Health and Wellness, they called an emergency press conference to, you know, confront that rumor, to dispel the rumor. And this was on the 28th of January. And interestingly, the same evening, there was a magnitude 7.7 .7 earthquake that struck off the coast of western jamaica causing widespread panic and by the time that was that was the 28th and by the 30th yeah. of january the world health organization declared the novel coronavirus outbreak a global health emergency so what happened thereafter okay so after the rumor about the, a case of COVID-19 at the University Hospital of the West Indies, uh, although it was, the government said it was a rumor, most Jamaicans had doubted it and they thought it was a genuine case. It so happened that on the 30th, after the declaration of the, the pandemic, first thing Jamaica did was to impose a ban on travel to and from China. You will recall that the, the virus originated in Wuhan, the city of Wuhan, in the province of in the Yubei province in China. That's right. So, first thing was to impose a ban on travel to and from China in an effort to stave off the virus coming into Jamaica. And it was a good effort indeed. <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah. Yes, it was a very good effort. Quite, um, I think it was wisdom. <clears throat> the exercise of wisdom to have done that at the time. Mm -hmm. By the time, so this 
by the time we we get to the 10th of March, though, Jamaica confirmed its first case of the coronavirus disease. Yes. Uh, the first case of the coronavirus disease was identified in a traveler from Britain who came to Jamaica. I think um, she came for a funeral, if I'm not mistaken. Ah, okay. the funeral story, yes. Right. <laughs> so when that news broke, there was general hysteria in the country, or at least parts of the country. People mm-hmm. started, people panicked, panicked and started buying up toilet tissue, hand sanitizers, <laughs> disinfectants, bleach, any other cleaning agents. People are just buying up things like crazy, hoarding stuff because by that time talk was um, being going around that these items could kill the virus and were essential for people to protect themselves for the virus. So there was general hysteria and panic buying in the country. Right. And, and I recall that I could barely find... A, a can or tin of Lysol to purchase. It, it was all gone. Yeah. <laughs> it was all gone. And then subsequent to that, by <clears throat> the 11th of March, the World Health Organization declares COVID-19 a worldwide pandemic. Yes, because by that date, practically... Well, over 100 countries had um, cases of the infection. So it was so widespread that the World World Health um, Organization had no choice but to declare the pandemic. Two days after that, on March 13, here in Jamaica, our prime minister declared Jamaica a disaster area. That was, mm-hmm. um, that was necessary in order for certain measures the government was going to take to, um, to allow them to take those measures. So they declare, he declared Jamaica a disaster area and announced that entire that the entire communities of seven miles and eight miles in Bull Bay had been placed under quarantine for two weeks. Why? It was reported that the lady, the first case of COVID-19 in Jamaica, that she had some connection to the community. Um, some 919 took place and... <laughs> They were trying to curb the spread of the disease. I guess they were seeing some, uh, so they wanted to do some contra- um, contra- contact tracing. So they placed that those two communities under total lockdown. Wow. I remember images of that lo- lockdown, and it was really not pretty. <laughs> it wasn't. So- Again, I believe that the Prime Minister would have acted in, you know, it would have been an an exercise in wisdom to have done that under the circumstances. But then that decision now would have influenced a number of things, including, and we're just going to give our listeners this list. So it, it, it influenced public gatherings. So it was a situation where only a specific number, I think somewhere between 10 and 15 at the time, who could be yeah. gathered uh, in any one place at a time. So now you go to a business place so, such as the bank or maybe a store, even the supermarket, doesn't matter the size of the place, they could not go above the, 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 the limit that was placed on the gathering. And that in itself too was problematic. Yes. Because you had these long lines outside of our business establishments because of the limited number of persons who could go in at any one time. Mm-hmm. In, addition, in, in addition to that prohibition um, on public gatherings, there was local travel was also circumscribed. Because if you were in one of the communities that was, was under quarantine, you couldn't travel unless you, you were part of what was classified as the essential services. You couldn't travel outside of the community during the quarantine um, period. You had to stay put. Right. And that became problematic again because after yes. a while there, there, there was need for food and not mm-hmm. all communities would have access to food within the community itself. They would need to go right. out. But the government would have done its best to put things in place to address those concerns. And another... Uh, the the decision as well for this quarantining and, and locking down also inf- in influenced the closure of schools. So we had to close schools. They were all closed, and we 
were thrown right away into the the the, the sea <laughs> of <laughs> online learning. Some schools were already used accustomed to that, but many schools were not. And so we had this period of trying to really settle and find our way. And the truth is, to date, I believe that many of our students have not um, adjusted very well to this online learning. That is true, because a recent report um, uh, suggested that um, some students have regressed in their learning by several months, because some yeah. people didn't have the equipment to go online or the internet connectivity. So it has severely impacted schooling. But in addition to that, the government, again, in an attempt to control the spread or prevent it spreading, imposed stay-at-home orders, especially for senior citizens, because it was pointed out that senior citizens, people above 65 years of age, were especially vulnerable so they, um, because of their age, and um, especially if they had underlying uh, health issues, they were um, particularly vulnerable to the disease. So in order to protect them, they were required to stay at home. And at first, persons actually thought that young children were not capable of getting the coronavirus right. because they were not being infected in the first, when, it, when, it, when the outbreak was brand new. But after a while, we realized that it is really no respecter of age or person or condition, but more persons, you know, with certain conditions, you are more susceptible to the, to the, to the disease than others. And in addition to that, you no, know, another thing that was influenced would have been, or that happened, the closing of our air and seaports, the incoming passenger, pa passengers. So, you know, we... <laughs> Some persons got stuck abroad, wanted to come mm -hmm. home, stuck on ships, stuck all over the world. You know, yes. because of this, everything was just put on hold. Yeah, it was a very chaotic and perhaps traumatic experience for people who were outside of their country. Because if you were on a cruise ship, because Jamaica wasn't the only country that was taking those measures. You know? So if you, mm -hmm. your cruise ship based in Miami and you were in the Caribbean and Jamaica closed borders, um, U.S. are close their borders too. You were just stuck on the ship. Mm, yes, I recall. Yeah, mm -hmm. so that was a major issue. So a number of Jamaicans were stranded. I know we, we work all over the place. It is rumored that every country in the world, you're going to find Jamaicans. So people... I wouldn't be surprised. I think <laughs> we have about, we have at least 5 million people who live all across the world, outside of Jamaica, that is. At right, least. So people... That's true. So people who work on cruise ships, who work on hotels abroad, who work in hotels abroad and other farmer work, they were stranded wherever they were. But we're not letting in anybody, no matter if you're Jamaican or not, because we're trying to stave off this COVID-19 thing and we don't want to get too widespread in Jamaica. So borders close. I right. mean, cargo, freight, cargo and freight could come and go, but people, no, no. Mm -hmm. And after that, no, another thing was the work from home orders. I mean, that, yep. that too was problematic because, oh man, that affected people's mental and physical and emotional and every health that they can think about, especially if you're, if you're either home alone or if you are not happy at home, because some persons have yeah. very, you know, families that are not very stable. And there are challenges there. So it was great when you could leave the house and come back in and sleep. But when you're there 24 yeah. hours a day, seven days right. a week, that became a problem. And then the heat. Oh, yes. Right? Because it's, it was a toss-up between enduring the heat and burning the fan out or mm -hmm. using the air conditioning unit if you have one and paying the price later on. And yep. JPS seemed to have been taking advantage of the fact that people are home with their estimated bills. But that's another story and another podcast. All right. Yes, um, the work from home orders became necessary because there was a new phrase entered the vocabulary now. Uh, it started out as social distancing. And then it's 
somebody figured out that it's not really social distancing, it's physical distancing. But social distancing is still very popular. But guess what? Workplaces were not set up for social distancing or physical distancing. So in order to reduce the number of people in the workspace, people mm-hmm. have to start working from home. But I have been working from home for March. Okay. And I don't okay. see I don't think I'm going back to the office anytime soon on a permanent basis. But separate and apart from the calm, the work from home orders, you know. You see, whenever too many cases of COVID nineteen occurred in a community, community lockdown. Yes. So um you just one night the of authority just come on TV or radio and so that effective X amount of time. This community locked down from X time till X time morning. Nobody leave or go unless they're in the essential services. All in an effort to control the spread. Right. And in addition to the community lockdown, we, we also had in Jamaica here an all-island curfew. Well, we have all-island curfews because we needed to restrict the movement of people, you know, yes. in, in, in order to contain. So there were so many strategies that our government would have put in place. And I think comparative to other places in the world, other countries, we have not done too, too bad <laughs> badly in, 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 you know, in managing the situation, this pandemic in our country. Not at all. We've done pretty well. In, indeed, we got commendations from the WHO and the Pan American Health Organization for our management of the, the, the pandemic in, in Jamaica. There were also restrictions. One of the things that hit a number of people, especially hard, was restrictions on the number of people who could gather who were allowed to gather in in certain places. And one of those places um, was one of those places was a church. So mm-hmm. there were restrictions. I think at one point it was about fifteen persons in the congregation in the church building. At one point it was ten. It was ten. Yes. Right. Right, so that's an um, restrictions on funerals. At, at various points, they either couldn't have any funerals or it was restricted only to a limited number, perhaps just the family and the officiating ministers and the undertakers. So <laughs> those things really, all of those things were put in place to control the spread and the movement of people to prevent the, um, the spreading of the virus. Right, and all of this was from our first case in March on the 10th of March coming right down that's March by the time we got to April the parish of St. Catherine was placed on the lockdown as a consequence of a surge in cases of COVID-19 infections and I think that was the one that came out of that uh, call center yes where they yeah they were not following the protocols somehow they slipped through the cracks and then you know it, the whole thing just backfired and it became a, a, a problem like, wow. Wow. Yes, and that was a real big issue because for those of us who, do, our listeners overseas, they perhaps don't know that St. Catherine is the largest parish in Jamaica in, in terms of population. So when you lock down the parish of St. Catherine, it's a whole lot of people you lock down. Plus a lot of people traverse through St. Catherine to get to elsewhere in the country. So that was another major issue. Supermarket line long, bank line long, ATM line long. <laughs> it was just crazy. And when, and when they implemented, they set aside some days for people to shop. And they said they're going to do it by alphabetical order. People were supposed to shop on Saturday. Um, start with Z and they're supposed to shop on that day. They were shop all from Monday when names start with A. Is supposed to be shopping. Yes, true. Real chaos. And craziness. <laughs> and right. then, you know, um, then we had the hurricane season in but June. Before we get to the hurricane season, Rev, uh, while all this was happening, you know, COVID-19 all over the world and people doing all sorts of things to control it, we turn on with TV one night and we see one policeman kneel down for a man neck of foreign, America. Man, yeah. I say, I can't read, I can't read, Ray, Ray. That was in May. Wow, George Floyd. George Floyd. And that set off another, um, a, some protests now, Black Lives Matter, and started yeah. in America. And it spread all over the world. And that became, yes, that was a worldwide thing, almost like the pandemic. And, and yeah. then that became a controversy too, because 
persons who are now saying, should Christians support Black Lives Matter? Where, what is this about? And then there was this charade or facade of just the, the, the concerns for how black people were being treated, which is a real concern, by the way. Mm -hmm. But then as right. time progressed, we realized that Black Lives Matter was a little bit more than that. And, you know, that's, yeah. a, that's, another, that's another case. But any, our listeners can go on their website and read for yourself to see what they are mm -hmm. about. Right. So that was in May. And that's spread mm -hmm. all in Jamaica. We had um, a, little, a little protest up outside the U.S. Embassy. We protested Black Lives Matter. Yeah. <laughs> and all right. That's so true. So we're halfway through the year almost now. And it has been active. And then now there's June came, and that's the we the, the hurricane season came along. That's from June mm -hmm. one to November thirty. Mm -hmm. And who would have thought that this hurricane season would have been such an active one? Wow! Nobody. It it was amazing, amazing. That's putting it mildly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so what happened in the hurricane season this year now? Well, this hurricane season was not normal. It was a season like no other season. The season, as you said, began um, traditionally start June 1 and run until November 30. So what was different in this um, season? It was the most active hurricane season in history to date with 30 named storms. 30 mm -hmm. named storms. 30. Right? And we know yes. that uh, the, the, the English alphabet is used to name the storm, but only 21 of yep. the, 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 the letters, letters from the English alphabet. And mm -hmm. after they've exhausted the 21 letters from the English alphabet, they go to the Greek alphabet. Mm -hmm. So they are progressing nicely in the Greek alphabet this time. And of the 30 named storms, 13 became hurricanes, and six of that 13 strengthened to category three or stronger. Yeah. Now, the, our, um, few, our listeners might be wondering why we're stressing the 13. Uh, but the previous record for storms in any season was 28, and that was in 2005. Mm -hmm. So we surpassed it um, this hurricane season, and it was strong proof, if any more was needed, that this climate change argument that we've been hearing for so long is real and is alive and real. Because one weekend, I think Central America was hit by two Category 3 hurricanes back to back, you know. Like, <laughs> I mean, those, that time they were using the Greek, alph the Greek alphabet. And like the week yeah. before, they were hit by a hurricane. And the following week, another hurricane. And yeah. the same thing happened to the, um, some part of the west, uh, the south coast of the United States. And I must, I must mention here that God has been so gracious to Jamaica. He has been kind to Jamaica. Yes, he has. It, it, you know, it, it, it's not because we're good, because we're not. But God has been kind. I know that the church in Jamaica, we have been praying for God to just be kind to us in this hurricane season. We have had our fair share of rains and floods and, you know, um, landslides and rock slides and so on. But thank God we were not hit with a full-blown hurricane. And I don't think we got a storm either. I think there was one lingering near the island that caused the rain, but it passed us. You know? it's a thing because so, mm -hmm. some little storm just passed them says the outer bands affected us and they're going right. to landslide and road and mash up on people wash with a house wash off a hill and all those things can you imagine if we get a storm yes if it was full blown it would have really been disastrous so yeah. God has been kind and we just want to say lord thank you so much for your kindness to Amen. us in jamaica so, by, so we're in June still, and now we are in the middle of a pandemic, restrictions, masks, physical distancing. And then we, we heard that we need to gear up for the Saharan dust. Who remembers the Saharan dust? <laughs> Who remembers the Saharan dust? I never remember it until you bring it to my attention. <laughs> 
No, by that time, you know, we start, you know, we have a saying in Jamaica that if we turn Maka Jokyo. Yes. You know, you know that it's like basically it is like everywhere you turn, you you're moving from one trouble into another. You can't get rid of trouble. So we are dealing with a um, pandemic and COVID nineteen and that's up on our mind. One morning we wake up and look, the sky changed from blue to brown. Yes. The dust was really heavy. I think the mask wearing saved me though, because if I had to inhale that, I know I would have gotten sick. So yeah, yeah. yeah to, so you see, yeah. I had to be out. Yeah, I had to be out at work at the time, and it was it was not it was really something that you'd want to stay away from if you're asthmatic or have any other respiratory challenges yeah. because that dust it, it traveled all the way from the coast of West Africa. They say, yes, <laughs> that was quite <laughs> that was quite a, a heavy mass. You know? But incidentally, you know, they said that it's an annual thing, you know, but it, this it year is. was just... It was over the top. Yep. It was over the oh. top. And and oh. that takes us out of June. And then in July, you know, I celebrated my birthday in July. But by that time, I was thinking, you know, because we're in the pandemic, we're in a lockdown, things are just going and going, and you get a lot of time to reflect and pray and really just think about, you know, Lord, what would you have me to do at this time? So it was round about this time now that I decided that I need to restart doing the podcast episodes. And I did my first episode on my birthday in July. Will obedience to God rob you of the joys in this life? That was the title. Okay. And so I started that back. Yeah. Fine. All right. So come... August 1, we celebrate uh, a holiday, a public holiday in Jamaica called Emancipation Day. It's a day when we celebrate um, the emancipation of the slaves from slavery way back in 1938. And on the 6th of August, we also celebrate independence. But we join the two together and say emancipation. So all along, you know, government are going good with them curfew thing and every public, every holiday... The sort of contract the curfew always made them shorter to prevent the gatherings and stuff and people going to beach and party and things to control the virus. Over this weekend, they decide not to do that. So them let the hours run. People tested, um, people were, were suffering from um, COVID fatigue. So them get the people them a break. So people keep partying on beach, everybody starts being up together again. And after that weekend, and about two weeks later, our COVID-19 numbers began to spike. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Have, yeah. I don't think we have recovered from it because we have not, we have not done as badly as other, some other countries, but that weekend in particular and some other events that we're going to look at started pushing up our numbers. To, so to the point where today we're approaching 12,000 cases. Up to right, that point, right. I think we were only we only had what some two hundred or so. We're in the hundreds, low hundreds. That's true. Mm-hmm. And right, and so. I think to that weekend propelled us into what they call the community spread. So we were no community longer able spread. to do the contract contact tracing. We were no longer yes. able to do that. So mm-hmm. after that, it's just okay. We just had to be responsible. If you have symptoms, stay home. Call this number. We'll tell you what to do, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But in the midst of all of this, our government called a general election, and persons were, you know, saying, "Why now? Why now? You know, this is just not the time." But they went ahead with it, and apparently, it was good thinking because they won by a landslide. Mm-hmm. Right, JLP, they remained in the government with 49 seats to PNP's 14. And I think it it really shocked them that maybe they expected to lose, but maybe not not that not not like that. <laughs> no, they, yeah, they were really shocked. They really got a wallop in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so after that beating, because things never too settling at the PNP from long time, you know. And then after that meeting, now swords were drawn. Party leader Dr. Peter Phillips had to resign. I think it was the morning after the the results became known that he tendered his resignation. 
as lead, as president of the People's National Party. And that's mm -hmm. again throw them into turmoil because they're going they had to prepare for new leadership elections and all the the disunity and stuff, they were concerned that that would come to the fore once again. Right. And then the school year started. That was September. They had pushed back the, the starting of the school year to October 5, even right. though a few schools would have started in September already. Those who were ready and they were able, they were already online. But all schools now would be opened on the 5th of October with online classes. Right. And now, of course, um, the challenges with the online learning again came to the fore because some students didn't have um, tablets, some didn't have internet connection, all sorts of stuff. But we pressed along. Mm -hmm. And so, so uh, again, so the Emancipence Weekend, coupled with the election activities, nomination day and then election campaigning activities, led to by october we saw a significant spike in covid 19 inf um, infections and of course those two activities the emancipation and independence day celebrations and, and along with nomination day and election campaigning activities was um were blamed for the spike in covid 19 infection indeed some people speculated that the government knew that we were going to have a spike so they, so they ensure that they had the election before the spike so that they wouldn't win the election already. So, And that's a sensible yeah. argument because they, they would have been, you know, they have all their statistics, all their data. They would have been studying right. the trends and so on. So it wouldn't, it wouldn't be, um, it wouldn't be far-fetched to think that right. they, they would have known or expected a spike. But and I, I think I, I agree with the sentiment. I think that's exactly what they did. And some persons would say it was a smart move if you wanted to stay in office. Well, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then, of course, we go to the United States of America now, where President Trump and the First Lady, they test positive for COVID-19. This is in October as well. And interestingly, you know, we won't get too much into this, but of course, you know, there, there were some persons who didn't believe. They wondered if it was true. Could he just be telling another lie? And of course, because he would have just gone through, we would have witnessed maybe one of the the the, the most... Uh, what, what word? I'm looking forward to describe the presidential debate, the first one. Chaotic. Chaotic is good. But you know, in, in the in that debate, he he would have made fun of Joe Biden about the mask that he wears, that it's the biggest he's ever seen. Mm -hmm. And subsequent to that, you know, he was tested positive. So thank God that they've recovered. They didn't die like others. And um, you know, that was also significant for us in 2020. Right. So we're still in the month of October and People started, parents, students, teachers started clamoring that the education, the online thing not working to perfection. So they were saying that some areas with low infections probably should have school, face-to-face -face schooling, especially in the rural areas where they were suffering more than elsewhere. So government listened, and on October 28, the education minister announced that face-to-face -face classes would resume under a pilot pro um, program for 17 schools in nine parishes and that would start from november 9 and it would run it would run for two weeks up to november 20. so oh, that went well but i i think i saw the gleaner reporting that there there were 800 students infected recently i saw that with with the covid 19 800. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's a, yeah. lot. that's a large number. But um, that's, I, hear, yeah. I hear talk that um, they're going to, they're planning to open again in January and more schools are going to go face to face. So I guess we'll see because if 800 students tested positive after that um, pilot, they might be having second thoughts about it. Right. So we'll hear more about that and see mm -hmm. where that goes. All right, and then 
down to November, of course, we know despite all the prophecies going on in America and elsewhere that that Donald Trump will win the election. And of course, we're waiting, we're waiting for the final final to see what is yeah. what. But so far, it does not seem likely that these prophets were prophesying truth. And November 3, the US of A presidential election took place. And that created another series of drama. But of course, um, the president is still gearing up to remain in the losing seat. (laughs) Well, the president is not convinced that he lost the election. So he's still holding out hope that he he will get a second term. And I think if he doesn't, he will still hold on to that sentiment because the talk is he, he didn't lose, they stole it. Right. Rob the election. But um, in November, we also had an, an election of, uh, well, another election. This one wasn't general, it was a PMP leadership election. Now, this election had a man going up against a woman within the PMP, and it was just PMP delegates who could vote in that election. But the entire country was interested to see who would emerge yes. the winner. Miss, Miss World, Lisa yes, Hannah. Miss World. Yes, up against um, lawyer Mark Golding. So it was, it was exactly a contest between beauty and the beast, but... <laughs> But, it could it could easily have been because she's very beautiful. Yes, but um, at the end of the day, when the dust settled, the beauty lost. Yes. So the new president was Mark Golden, and former Miss World Lisa Hanna was left to lick her wounds and concede defeat. But unlike the U.S. presidential election, she graciously accepted defeat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we continue to support. And now we're in December. Yep. The year in review. Yes, the United Kingdom, they have approved the COVID-19 vaccine that so many persons are looking forward to. And there's a lot of talk around the, the vaccine. You know, has it been tampered with? Is it the mark of the beast? Should we take yeah. it? How is it that they've produced this one so quickly? You know, yes. have they done the necessary testing and has it gone through all the stages that it needs to go through? So we are yet to make up our minds on that, but it has been approved. And that happened on the 3rd of December. Yes, um, big news. Um, it's, I mean, it, this made news worldwide because it's a pandemic. Every country of cases and the cases are spiking as we speak. Uh, the numbers are increasing almost every country having um, countries that have controlled the virus to an extent, there are no seen spikes like in South Korea, for example. Of course, the U.S. is way out ahead of everybody. We're going to know to them are the best and everything. So even a COVID infection is in a lead. And mm-hmm. then, yeah. So that um, announcement was welcomed by most people. Well, the very sick one, them got some people still not in a vaccine. But come December 8th, the after the, the UK regulatory body approved the vaccine, the United Kingdom began vaccinating high-risk groups with, with the COVID-19 vaccine. So that is what is happening with COVID-19 now. So the, the whole world is looking on to see if there's going to be any adverse reaction to this vaccine, if they're killing off all the black people, and what else is going to happen. So... We are keeping our fingers crossed that a vaccine has finally been found that is going to be effective and pretty soon this pandemic will be behind us. So that's where we are come December 8th. Yes, 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 yes. And with all of that said about this very active, interesting year, 2020, one that we will never forget we want to wrap up this conversation by talking about life lessons. What have we learned as a result of everything? Be just being in this year. What have we learned? 
what life lessons have you come away with, Wayne? I think, well, I've learned, well, I've learned, uh, well, I've, I've had a couple of them reinforced because some things you already knew, but this mm-hmm. year, just reinforced them. The first one I've learned is um, I've got reinforced was faith in God will see you through any crisis. Mm-hmm. Word, real talk, real talk. Yeah, see you through your rant. And another one, never take the simple things in life for granted. For example, shaking another person's hands, hugging another person, or yeah. the ability to move around freely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because um, you can't, you, nowadays I can't shake people and elbow bump and hugging is a no-no. And <laughs> restrictions as to when you can move and stuff like that. We used to take those things for granted. And this this year also reminds me that tomorrow is not promised to anybody. True. Not promised to anyone. It would, I, nobody saw at the beginning of 2020 when everybody made them look a three-month resolution. You notice I said three months because the experts said that most resolution after March, people forget about them. So people that make a three-month resolution and <laughs> they never saw COVID-19 and all these lockdowns and work from home and all those things happening. So can't take anything for granted. I also remind I was also reminded that people can be verse. We are basically selfish people. When the the when um the first case of COVID nineteen was um announced in Jamaica, people were just buying up hoarding stuff, buying more than they need. They didn't care if anybody else got any. They just make sure so them get as much as they could without caring if anybody else got any. So reinforce the fact that we are basically selfish people and without the Holy Spirit, we would just be like that without any concern or very little concern for our fellow men. That's and true. Another thing that stood out for me was that we really need to do more to protect those on the lowest rung of the economic ladder because all the, a lot of the activities to combat COVID-19, online schooling, um, uh, core fuse and stuff like that, physical distancing, it's it severely affected the poorest of the us, the poorest of the poor. Because I know so a lot of poor people in the country, as I'm looking hustling them, do them look sad, do them look selling downtown. And lockdown, when they're locked down and they can't go out, they can't go out to make a daily living. A lot of them don't have any savings to fall back on. So, and a lot of the children didn't have um, tablets or laptops or any form of computer, any form of electronic equipment, apart from perhaps a phone that their mother or father may have. They couldn't purchase data to access to online classes. So those people were severely impacted by the restrictions to combat COVID-19. And it, it, the COVID-19 pandemic really showed up the inequalities in the society and all the very poorest of the poor how they suffer on a day-to-day basis. And a lot of times we wouldn't even have noticed, we would not have noticed if were it not for the pandemic and the, the, um, the, the, the things that were put in place to combat it. So those are some of the lessons I learned and had reinforced in 2020. All right, as How for me, mm-hmm. yeah, there are so many, but I'm gonna be as brief as I can. The first one I want to share is the fact that plans, it doesn't matter what plans we have, they are never as cast in stone as we want to think. True. You know, because our priorities have been disrupted and everything about our lives have been shifted. And and before COVID-19, we thought that some of these things were, you know, it, it couldn't change. Yeah. This this was what it is, and we have to work with it like this. But then COVID nineteen taught us otherwise. For example, even the way in which we work. Yeah. You know, some persons wouldn't take a vacation because they have to be at work and they can't spend any time with the family. And then here comes COVID nineteen. Stay home. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, who would have thought that? So plans or plans are never as cast in stone as we think. Another life lesson for me is that good can come from any bad situation, especially when we have God in it. COVID-19 is 
it was, is, and will always be an unwelcomed guest in our shores and in this world, but uh, it has not been all bad. There has been some good, there have been some good that would have come from this bad situation called COVID-19. Yeah. Businesses have started, you know, True. families have gotten closer. We've gotten more creative in our educational pursuits and even in the execution of it. Despite the challenges, mm -hmm. teachers, students, all stakeholders, we are doing things that we didn't do before and never thought possible. Even in the secular world, having parties, virtual parties have become a thing because yes. of COVID-19. And it just shows me that when you, as human beings, when we really want to get something done, we will find yeah. a way to get find it done. Find a way, yes. Mm -hmm. Right? And then, you know, finally before I leave with us the scripture that has been for me, you know, a kind of a staple during this period, and it will be next year in 2021, that crises have the potential to expose the heart and the character of people. Amen. Mm -hmm. It is in a crisis that we really get to know the kind of people that we are around when we sit back and observe how they are operating. You know, if they if, if, if you know if they care about other people's well-being and so on, if they are fearful. You know, if they're selfish yeah. and, you know, that kind of thing. Crises have that potential or ability to expose the heart and to expose the character. And even in the context of the church, we have lost many people. They're backslidden all of a sudden. And, and you know, I, I, I use the term all of a sudden loosely because the fact is people don't backslide overnight. You know, right. it, 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 it tends to be a process. But the fact is the COVID-19 pandemic and the subsequent quarantines and lockdowns and curfew became a convenient excuse for people who would have otherwise been in church because they have no other excuse to not be there. And now, oh, I'm not coming out, social distancing, physical distancing, and so on. And then, you know, they have lost their way because in isolation, and the same things happen in spiritual isolation too, the enemy loves it when we are isolated from our, from our church family, our spiritual family, that kind of connection right. for a while. He, he loves it because he has you where he wants you. And if you disconnect from your church family or from your spiritual family, then you are in danger. I'm not saying it's a must, but you are in danger. And you need to get out of there. All right? And then while crises have the potential or the ability to expose the heart and the character of people, I've also come to recognize that crises have the ability to build strength. Yes. And it also on earth's creativity so now is when you know that you're a real problem solver you want to get something done you get it done and that is that is awesome i think in terms of one of the the life lessons i would have i would have you know mm -hmm. held on to during this time so going forward into 2021 tell me one thing that you will be taking as a resolve into 2021. Okay, going forward into 2021, as soon as the COVID-19 thing is lifted, I'm going to hug everybody and shake as many hands as I can because I really miss um, that, especially at church. Yes. Fellowship yes. and the hugging and the shaking of hands and stuff, yeah. I, can't, I will not be able to do enough of that come 2021. All right. <laughs> I see a comment from Tammy in the chat and she says the crisis has truly opened my eyes and made me see clearly where many of us as God's children, where our faith lies. She says COVID has made numerous of us Christians fearful and doubtful as it relates to 
God's promises towards us. And that so is true. so true. Mm-hmm. And as we close off, I want to leave with us 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. This is what I will be taking into 2021 that I'm leaving with in 2020. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Amen. Amen. And I just want to encourage someone to stand firm. Do not abandon the hope that you have. You resist being moved away from the gospel. Let nothing move you and give yourselves fully. Christians must devote themselves completely to the work of the Lord by building up the church. And that's our talk for today. Why don't you leave us a comment and let us know what you think about the year 2020. From Wayne and me, thanks for stopping by. We appreciate your listenership. Of course, we appreciate your listenership. And by way of information, next week, Friday, will be our final podcast for this year as we take a very short break and we will be back with you in January in the new year. So we want you to come, come for the fun and the games and stay for the laughter. Next week promises to be exciting. And don't come alone, come with someone. We want to see you. Thank you so much for keeping us company. And until then, I'm your host, Reverend Tashi Campbell. Thank you so much for stopping by. God bless you.